Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising kids in Western culture. I'm here with my co-host Madonna, uh, ready for another episode together. Yes, we are. And uh, Lara dropped this nice little (laughs) topic bomb on us this morning. And I thought it would be so fun to do this. Um, Lara happened to find these uh, lists of unpopular opinions, but specifically when it comes to parenting. Now, some of them are like on the lighter side and probably, you know, doesn't really, we don't need to give that much weight to it because it doesn't really matter each way anyway. But then there's others who can really get people fired up depending on what it is. So it'll be interesting, Laura, to hear your opinion. And obviously, uh, you and I have not shared opinions on this at all yet. At all. Yes. This is going to be totally like a cold reading of these. Yes. Things. Yes. <laughs> this is another blind react. Like, let's see what you think. So let's alternate, Madonna. I'll read the first one. You read the second. Does that sound good? Deal. Let's do it. Okay. So the first one is children should be raised vegan. You know, it's quite interesting considering that we are vegan like 210 days out of the year. <laughs> That's exactly where my mind went. I was like, well, my kids fast. And sometimes for people, even that is controversial, right? Like, do you make your kids fast? Do they, when do they start? How yes. strict are you? Yes. But to do it year round, I would never. Yes. Would never. So this is a particularly interesting topic for me because my sister-in-law is actually vegetarian and, um, and they have, they have a daughter who is 18 months old or almost Yes, 18 months old. And it's quite interesting because obviously my so my sister-in-law chose to be vegetarian um, out of health reasons. She feels like um, which she's right about a lot of this. A lot of the common practices in the meat industry are not that safe, not that healthy. So unless you're willing to buy like super high quality, super like uh, you really research the companies, whatever meat can be either way. Right. And so she went vegetarian. And meanwhile, my brother, who is full on meat eater, carnivore, <laughs> like, you know, on the days that we're not fasting and whatever. Um, it's definitely an interesting mix to see what they're going to do with their daughter. So right now she's also a vegetarian just because uh, until like kind of um, see where it goes in the middle ground because she's her mom and she does what she wants to do with her daughter, of course. But um, it's just interesting because we fast so much anyway. And um, it's, I feel, and this is just me, that it's really hard to get a well-rounded, nutritious palate without substituting a lot of like fake soy products of things in order to get what you need. And so for me, that's really the only reason that I would have any issue with it. Unless you are like a really awesome chef who has done all the research, it can be really tough. But by the way, that goes whether you are a meat eater or not, like, because you can also have a huge imbalance when you are a meat eater as well. So, well, and I think, and I know that vegans have lots of defenses against this, but children, especially, I mean, this is not just vegetarian, this is vegan and children need their calcium. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those moms who makes her kid have like a glass of milk every night or you know I'm not that I'm not able to be that diligent but I mean to have zero access to dairy also I mean and I love cheese so it's like (laughs) it kind of hurts my heart a little bit to read this even (laughs) we need we need Sandra say on here because she would (laughs) she would be able to tell us too but I I my understanding when it comes to calcium specifically that dairy products 
are not necessarily the number one source of that. So there's definitely a lot of like dark vegetables that I think carry quite a bit of calcium as well. But I think you'd have to eat like a lot of broccoli. Exactly. It would be so, a lot of broccoli before. That's you why got, I'm saying you know? it's really, really tough to get the a nutritionist. Full... Yeah. To yes. Give us, like the final breakdown. But I, I just. Yeah, I feel like. So I guess on this one, we kind of agree, Laura, that like if you can get all the nutrients that are needed, then by all means. But yeah, like if, if you're paying attention and you're feeding yeah. your child well and not overly processed things, then okay. I mean, I guess more power to you, but I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, ditto. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I could never. <laughs> okay. So whoo, right into the next tough one. Here we go. <laughs> so you guys can't see, but it, um, Laura's sharing the screen and we're going through the list. And so I can see what <laughs> we're about to say. Okay. So this next one, parents should get their teenagers birth control. Dun, dun, dun. Thankfully, you and I are still a little ways from that. I mean, mine is in eighth grade, but still, we're, we're pretty far from this. Um, wow, that is a hard <laughs> one. Okay. I, okay. So my first, obviously, if I were my parents, I would say absolutely not. Um, but uh, I have so many opinions about birth control, though. I feel like this is like a whole nother topic. Yes. I don't even think birth control is good for adults. Like I, yes. <laughs> that's Agreed. like a whole nother thing. Like, I feel like it really, really messes with you. Like it wreaks havoc. It really messes with you. I'm not even talking about like, yeah, it's just, I think birth control in general is bad. <laughs> like, just It's like, definitely so, not a well-made product. <laughs> thank you. That is the word that I, this is not a thoughtfully made product. And it's so not, definitely I agree with you because birth control is one of those things that, yes, it solves one problem, but it creates a multitude of other problems. Yeah. So in overall health and altogether, people, if can avoid birth control, I'm on team no birth control. But yes, I am saying this as a complete and total hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I am saying this. The reason I can speak with authority on this is because I've seen the havoc that it wreaks on my body. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Yes. And like, I, I just, the headaches did not go away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even like it was not. So, okay. But then I can understand like if someone has, like if one's daughter has one of those super horrible periods that exactly. goes on forever and like just is like, it, it is like a health um, trade-off. Mm -hmm. if if for some reason there is a really good reason that you really need it but I, otherwise i so yeah i mean full exposure out here on raising up cops podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i was one of those i was one of those teenagers that would have to go home from school during my periods because of how awful they were and how bad i would feel and so I remember going to um, the guy with my mom and talking to her and she would say, and immediately her, you know, gunshot reaction was put her on birth control. And my mom, of course, was like, what? Like, absolutely not. What are you talking about? Never in a million years. Um, and the lady was very, very rough with my mom and was like, it's not fair that you torture your daughter because you have some like whatever thing against birth control. And, you know, she went she launched into this whole thing. 
And okay, I agree with her in one sense, which she was saying that like women in general are at a disadvantage because of periods so that they cannot function at a normal capacity that like their male counterpart would, you know, so it's not fair to put them at a disadvantage in that way. But at the same time, birth control doesn't really solve everything. Okay. And so Laura, to be, I've heard that now there are quite a few methods out there of uh, hormone balancing, but again, you got to do so much research and really be careful where yeah, you can control. The plural, yes. like maybe get a second opinion. Like it, it should be, it's a health decision. I would say yes. it's even more than a moral one because you can like, you can package that birth control as anything. Like you can call them acne pills, you know, you can, whatever. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be about being sexually active, but it is a huge health conversation. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. It's not to be taken lightly. Exactly. And it, and it requires an overhaul of the way you live. Like it really does. It's one of those things that requires you to pay attention to your, your exercise habits, your eating habits, your, you know, even the products you're using on your body, the lotions, the shampoos, the makeup, all of that ties into this, right? So um, I could see how birth control would be the easy way to like take care of these things when you have somebody who has so much going on, it's hard to to figure it out. But um, and it a definitely of responsibility too. Like most, I would say most kids are not on a daily prescription medication of any kind. Right. So suddenly putting them on a daily prescription medication I mean, like they can't even remember to wear their retainers <laughs> like, right so right. i think big responsibility yeah it's a big responsibility and it's not to be undertaken lightly it's not like sure honey let me give you the solve all you know like the cure-all pill yes. here it is so, i would definitely say it's more of a last resort yeah if possible yeah i don't think that we can make a blanket no statement because we don't know each person's body and their situation yeah. but I would, I would venture and say that it can be a last resort. Yeah. And I think we can both firmly say we have had very unpleasant experiences as 100%. adult married women. on birth <laughs> So much, so much negativity yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah, like we, we won't even get into all of it. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is a good Ooh. one. Okay. Uh, this is, Next this one. is particularly relevant to Madonna. Homeschooling <laughs> is better than public schooling. I think that this is I know I hate these kind of answers, but I think this is very family specific. And I will tell you that if you are homeschooling and your interactions with your kids are all very negative and very and the home environment is super stressful and you're homeschooling because you I don't I don't know what the reasons might be, but in conclusion, that if it is a stressful environment that you are homeschooling in, then no, it's definitely not better. And I want to say that I'm super careful when I'm with my kids that I never negatively speak about going to school and public school and private school and whatever, because I don't know what's going to happen in our lives down the road and what situation we're going to find ourselves in that they may need to go back to, you know, traditional school. So I would not agree with the statement that homeschooling is better than public schooling. I think that homeschooling is better for some people and public schooling is better for some people. And my guess is that it, I will say that the advantage of homeschooling, assuming you're doing your best is that you can really tailor your kid's education. You don't have to waste a lot of time uh, with like things that 
don't pertain to your children because they're like they're they're not focused on that career path, for example, or if it's something that's not really relevant to them for whatever reason, you can really tailor make your education and they can have something very specific to them and help them succeed in these things that they do well, which is very nice. But public schooling has a lot of advantages too in that because they are exposed to things that are not relevant to them, they get a more well-rounded character possibly, that they are exposed to a lot of different opinions and people and things that, you know, they would normally not get if they were homeschooled all the time. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. What are you thinking? Well, I recently sort of started this conversation in my Instagram messages with one of my friends. And she was she um, I think she found a quote that was saying that, like, why would Christians hand over their kids education to like a pagan um, system, something mm-hmm. along those lines. And so at first I was like, I mean, come on, like most school teachers are Christians. Like most mm-hmm. school teachers are doing their best, like, it, especially in the public school system, like they're, you know, they're, they're moms, their parents, just like we are, and they are trying their best. But it reminded me of a presentation that one of the priests of our diocese did about how 20 years ago, schools were secular, they were neutral, but now they're often antagonistic towards Christianity. So not just neutral towards Christianity or absent Mm. of Christianity, but attacking Christianity. Mm. Um, And I've, I've received so many comments recently, um, like people sharing stories, not just in the, um, in the like regular K through 12 system, but also like people who are in colleges, people who are in Christian colleges come across professors who are hostile to Christianity. It's very, um, the atmosphere right now is so strange. And so I think that um, both decisions, like you said, have to be undertaken with an understanding of the the pros and cons. Like you have to know what the extra support you're going to need to give your kids if you're homeschooling and what the extra support is if you're sending them to public school. Um, One, you're going to probably need more uh, like interactive things to do, right? We always talk about the socialization of children. You're going to have your own methods of handling that. And the other, you're going to need to give a lot, a lot of spiritual and religious support. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, I think that's, that's a good one. Okay. You're up next, Madonna. All right. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, this one is, it is okay for parents to post lots of photos of their kids on public social media. Ooh, Laura, what do you think? So m- my answer is no. I used to be on like the completely zero side, but there are reasons to post pictures of your kids on social media. Let's say you have family far away or you want to, you know, like share an update about your family and include photos of the kids. Um, I don't think that it's like a I think there was a time where we were freaked out that it would be a completely horrible decision. Um, But I think at the same time, like I I always think about uh, those memes that are about um, that we're feeding the we're feeding the government facial recognition photos. Yeah. So so I always think like, do they have enough photos now of my kids to track them? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like um, to post a lot of photos, it's not me. I would not. I would not post a lot of photos publicly, um, especially once they get to a certain age. I think we've talked before. 
once they get to a certain age, they control their image. And that for that age for me is pretty young. I think it's like eight or nine. Like by the time they're eight or nine, they decide if a photo goes up or not. Um, yeah. I have a very cyclical opinion about this because I feel like I, I teeter back and forth and back and forth. And for me, there's definitely parameters. Like I... For example, don't tend to post things the moment that we do them because I don't want to be tracked. Like this is where I am right this second. Okay. I don't do that. Um, and for me, that's an important safety thing that I think about. Or like I didn't ever post my kids' pictures at school where they you could see the name of the school and what city and all of that. 100%. I didn't, yes. Yeah, so, that kind of stuff I would I was pretty for the most part careful about. However, there are times, Laura, where I genuinely feel that my sharing things about my family and my kids is helpful to others and is helpful, but I I I mean you can ask Danny about this. I am constantly in a cycle of this because I'm like I don't want our family out there and exposed all the time. But at the same time, when I do share honestly about our family, I get so much feedback of like, thank you so much for saying this and doing this and helping with this and 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 bringing awareness to this because I struggle and I need help and I need this. And that is one of my goals in life. Like I want to be a genuine example or not example, excuse me, a genuine, um, well, I guess example, but not in the sense where I'm leading you, but just like to show that. Like vulnerable. Okay. You want to Yeah, be- vulnerable. That's the word. Yeah. Right. I want to be very authentic. I want to show like whatever you may see is not really what might be going on behind the scenes and whatever, all this stuff. So for me, that's super important. That authenticity is super important. At the same time, I have to consider, like you said, the impact that it'll have on my children long term. So I'm at, at the risk of not being authentic. I also don't like to share stuff that's going to make my kids look particularly bad because that's not for me, you know, and even in sharing their triumphs. So what I do now is I will talk to my kids about what I'm thinking of sharing. Okay. But still, Laura, they're still only five and seven. They don't know the ramifications of sharing things. Like, yes, I'm talking to them about it, but like, that's like, you know, asking a toddler, do you want like the green plate? They don't know what it means. Like they just, they're just like, whatever, I have a preference. I, I don't really know. So it's definitely one of those things that I think that, again, if you can take into consideration long-term and short-term effects of sharing and you've decided, then that's your decision. But I think generally caution is way better than oversharing. Yes, I hear you. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> I had to gasp at this one. And this is the one that I'm reading, right? Oh, is it? <laughs> I, oh, I yeah, you're remember. right. Sorry. Okay. It's okay for parents to secretly have a favorite child. Agree or disagree? (laughs) Disagree. Disagree. Okay. But Mm. can I say, okay, the word favorite to me, I feel like is interchangeable with easier. (gasps) Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Because Mm. I think that people, a, a, child becomes a quote unquote favorite if they're the easier to deal with. It's not that they're favorite, like they care more what happens or doesn't happen to that child, but they definitely, there's a child. I think this is true of every family. 
There's definitely the child who you have to work extra hard and practice extra patience with in order to get them to where the other child is. I do think that that does happen. But whether that that would categorize them as a favorite, I don't know. So I almost have the opposite idea because I'm thinking about, okay, so, okay, let me back up and give my opinion first. Okay. I, I, I personally do not have a favorite child. I only have two. One is exactly like me. So of course I adore him. And one is exactly like my husband. So of course I adore her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's very, very easy. To yes. Them both Ditto. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But I'm thinking about like now the stereotype of like the mom who dotes on her son, but like ignores the daughters, like the daughters actually are the easier ones to raise. They'll just do whatever you say. No, son, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I'm saying this to tell you, my daughter is exactly like me and I can guarantee you. I did not, I was not the easier one to raise at all. <laughs> Between my brother and I, no, I was definitely the very difficult one. <laughs> hmm, interesting, interesting. Well, you're the, I mean, I did not have a brother, so you're, you probably know more. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll have to take it back. <laughs> yes, sorry. Go there, ahead. There was this really cute, um, oh, this really cute reel about the difference between the way moms react to their sons versus they react to their I don't think I sent you that one I have to but the yeah. comedian is like um oh my sweet son uh you're so wonderful kiss 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 like love you so much you can do anything don't get up I'll get that for you you know and then the daughter is like you look fat in that <laughs> you know like like immediate judgment immediately yeah <laughs> so I feel like um there's no way like um I think maybe parents secretly have a favorite I mean like I, I feel like it's a natural thing maybe if you have like a certain number of children at some point one becomes your favorite I just think two is too little to have a favorite um but I don't even know that they're aware of it I don't know I, feel I like definitely I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I do not have a favorite but I definitely have an easier and I, I like I definitely have one that I don't have to work as hard to get compliance or get like, you know, or to buy into the things that I say. But like, I absolutely adore the things about the other one that make it harder because I know that it's going to serve them well. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like I have the yeah. the long term enough vision to see how this is going to be a good thing. Yes, it's difficult for me now. But I know it's going to serve them well. And so I I try to keep that perspective at all times. Definitely, yes, you're easier now. You're more diff And by the way, I feel like they also take turns. Like there's certain things that one is much easier about that the other one is more difficult about and vice versa. But um, no, I don't think that that having a favorite, that word favorite, although biblically speaking, we know that there were people with favorite children. We also know how that turned out. <laughs> exactly. We see what the, but the consequence was not from the parent. It was from the, the remaining siblings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So if it's a I secret mean, and nobody can tell, then mm, is it okay? Mm, I don't, mm, I don't know. My yeah. parents have four and they would tell you they don't have a favorite. 
Yeah, but everyone should say that. I mean, if we're being I mean, honest. Should say, yes, that's right. They definitely should not tell like, me. I would not prance around being like, ooh, this one's my favorite. <laughs> like, that would be so messed up. Actually, we have our our Christmas conversations are always about who is Tita's favorite. That is like, <laughs> that is how me and all the cousins, that is one of our favorite topics is like, <laughs> let's send in this girl. <laughs> I was without a doubt Tita's non-favorite. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent i can say that without a shadow of a doubt too oh, anyways yeah. yes okay. so secretly eh, but anyway all right what do you Moving think on. one or two more i feel like we have a lot more to go but we're really enjoying this yeah 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 we'll do one or two more okay here we go it's for all those with the newborns out there babies should be sleep trained from birth should be sleep trained from birth. Okay, I can tell you right now, I tried sleep training. I thought I was going to die and I quit <laughs> immediately. <laughs> That's really funny. And then with number two, didn't even bother. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, it's so funny because we definitely tried to sleep train too and just failed miserably. It didn't necessarily hurt me. It just, was a failure. And I was like, everyone's stressed out for no reason. Why am I doing this? And Laura, this actually brings up a really interesting thing that I've been thinking about recently. And that is, have you ever in any country besides America heard of a child being attached to a stuffy? Like in Egypt, for example, have you ever seen a child attached to a stuffy that they like need to sleep with? I don't know about those European countries. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I, I backtracked because I don't know about the, them either. That's why I went for Egypt. Yeah, no, of course not. No, like a, a blanket that they drag around. That's absolutely disgusting. No, never. Right. <laughs> unsanitary. And yet in America, that is quite common for a child to be very attached to a very tattered blanket stuffy that's coming apart because they cannot be without it. And I cannot help but maybe make a stretch of a connection that it does have to do with sleep practices in America versus a place like Egypt where we do not have the luxury of every child having their own room, for example. Like everyone's always together. You sleep with your siblings or you sleep with your parents. That's just the way it is because we don't have these five bedroom houses, right? So I feel like it is a really um, interesting symbol of what the pot of what sleep training could mean for children in terms of their attachments. Mm. Just gonna throw that bomb out there yes. and then I don't know how it's yes. take it. Some people are really good at sleep training, but I'm with you. They're attached to something else. They're attached to their pacifier. Yes. To their blankie to their stuffy. Mm. It exactly. is like the price of privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like exactly. that. Yeah, we agree on this one. We're just not, we're just not the type. <laughs> Sorry if you're the type and it worked really well for you. I mean, I didn't get any sleep for two years, but more power to you. <laughs> I don't regret it though. Just throwing it out there for other people. No, that... I don't regret it. No, yeah. not at all. Um, ooh, okay. Wait, is this you or me? I think it's me. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Yes, yes, yes. It's you. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. It, Those are like so bad. Ago. We literally can't remember what happened two seconds earlier. Okay. <laughs> Children under the age of 10 need cell phones. This is easy. No. 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 (laughs) 
we can just go on to the next one. I don't even need to explain myself. <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, we can have an episode about this if y'all want, but the answer is no there. <laughs> oh, oh, this is I think this is great. This might even this, be the last one. This is a good last this will one. Make a good okay. last one, yeah. Anyone who says they enjoy every moment of parenting is lying. 100 agree 100% agreement. So true. Yes. Yes. You cannot enjoy every moment of parenting. You cannot. It's not I even I even remember making a post on Facebook about this uh, where I like had written, what was it? Something like, if you're one of those moms who wakes up in the morning excited to be with her kids each and every day, if you're one of those moms who like loves to spend all free moments with her children and genuinely like enjoys their their company and da, 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 da. And at the end, I was like, if you're one of those moms, all I have to say to you is liar, liar, pants on fire. No way. Because absolutely not. Because there's not a single person in the universe that I enjoy every moment with. It's not just about my kids. No. Not my best friends, not my husband, not my no. not my children. It's just there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before. I think I wrote a blog post about it a long, long, long time ago. But I was thinking there was one night where Sophia wouldn't stop crying. And I was just done. Like I was really done. I was mm-hmm. like at this at this moment in time i understand why sometimes you know like the mom in the victorian era would leave the baby on the church doorstep like this, <laughs> like this is it if my husband was not in the next room if i did not know that someone could come take over for me if i was like alone in the 1800s <laughs> and this crying was happening there would come <laughs> this is the moment this is the moment i break and i put the child on the church doorstep cuz i'm done <laughs> yeah that's so funny danny has totally made that same joke on one of our road trips when the kids were particularly losing their minds and danny just looked over at me and he was like i could see how abraham willingly went to sacrifice isaac (laughs) (laughs) i can see how he willingly went up the mountain and said yes lord (laughs) every order Yeah, so no, you cannot enjoy every moment of parenting. No I love way. what you said. It's a human relationship. It's a human relationship. And all, all of them come with their own ups and downs. Like, yes. So I think that's great. There is one more <clears throat> that I'm going to want to end on. Yeah, this Ooh, one. Really? Okay. Yes. Because because I have opinions. So. What? Okay. Yeah, you read this one. Okay. You are more likely. You are more likely to regret having kids than not having kids really I mean, absolutely not definitely have kids <laughs> that's my opinion i mean i'm sure kids are not for everyone but they're for you whoever's listening to this <laughs> yes yes i i will say okay Ooh, this is actually a lot more loaded than I expected because as the thoughts started rapid firing in my head, I realized there's a lot of thing- ways this could go. So I have a, a family member who is just talking to me about this yesterday, telling me like, I've been around all my friends that have kids and I've decided I don't think I can do this. It's too much. It's too much work. It's too much like inconvenience. It's too much whatever. And to that, I say you are correct. It is a lot of work and it is a lot of inconvenience and it can be very uncomfortable and it definitely takes everything out of you. But I can honestly say at the end of each day, I am thankful 
as much as I have really had a hard time in a lot of days, in a lot of ways, that I am very thankful that I still have them around, even on those tough, tough, tough days. I think there's just nothing like having little people in your life. I think there's just so like, if I started like the list of things that having kids became was better because they were there, like, travel was better I'm not saying that it's not harder especially when they're little to drag around their diaper bags but like to look at everything through the eyes of a child is insanely powerful (laughs) and uh, and Laura you bring up a point that I wanted to mention because even if you are a person who is unable to have kids or you never find yourself in a position with kids I still think that you should willingly Go out of your way to be around kids when you can, even if you think they're not your thing, because there's something about being around kids that really puts things into perspective. I don't like I understand that for some people, kids are quite annoying and they can be and they can be quite difficult. Yes, but there's something about being around kids that really opens your eyes to God, the father, to yourself as a mirror, like the 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 spirituality of the the parenthood relationship like there's just something about it that cannot be missed and just kids in general like with their brutal honesty and their like their angelic innocence of ways of looking at things they're very like they're very literal like in their clarity they have such clarity they're not encumbered by these grays that we've developed you know there's there's black and white to them in concept yes Mm. And there's such a depth to their understanding, even though we say that they're kids and they don't know, they know, they know, they know. And there's there's something special about having conversations with them that I don't think anybody should miss out on. And this is coming from two school teachers who became mothers. So, I mean, exactly like kids. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, we do. We do like kids a lot. (laughs) Definitely. On that note. I wonder what all of your opinions were about some of these. I wonder what you would have said about uh, the birth control one or the vegan one or any of the other ones. So I, you, what sorry, was that? I like how we didn't even accept opinions about the cell phone one. Yeah. Like, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but if you do have different opinions about any of them, you can reach out to us at raising at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your opinions and your thoughts on those issues. Um, Absolutely. What else, Madonna? No, that's all. We just want to encourage you, right? That honestly, we as per everything, nothing is the standard. Nothing is the authority on this. It really, it comes down to you and your dynamic and your personality and what you're called to and what these kids want. So definitely take what we say with a grain of salt, but share with us what you think, because I'd really love to hear opinions on this. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.